I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello friends and family, welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. You're on Season 2, Episode 2, all the twos tonight, and with us tonight we've got a a special guest, um, and we're going to call her Lisa. Lisa um, will be telling us her story of adoption and how it all unfolds. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thanks, Mick. So where does your story start? Um, well, I suppose it starts at the very beginning, like mm-hmm. every adoptee's mm-hmm. story starts. Um, I don't remember ever being told that I was adopted. It was just something that I always knew. Yep. Um, my adoptive parents um, were quite a bit older. Okay. Uh, like they were in, yeah, they were in their sort of mid forties when they adopted me. Right. Um, I suppose the most bizarre thing that came out of all of this adoption story was uh, when I, I I reunited with my maternal biological mother um, yep. when I was twenty two. So that would have been about 1986. Okay. And she she was looking at photos because they asked us to bring photos of ourself, you know, growing up and all of that. And um, she looked at a photo of me in high school and she said, where did you go to school? And I told her and her face just went white. Yeah, right. And I looked at her and I said, "Um, is there a problem? And she said, can I ask you where you grew up? Oh. And I said where I grew up. And it turned out that I lived six streets away from her, her parents, no her way. siblings. Um, I went to the same high school as her younger sisters. Wow. Um, her youngest brother was only two years older than myself wow um and that was really bizarre um I never actually got to the bottom of of how a baby was adopted into a family in the same suburb I seem to have a memory of someone along the line telling me that she'd written the wrong address down on the adoption papers. She'd written the address of the mother and baby home, not her home address. Oh. So after we sort of chatted about all of that and everything else, um, 
oh, I've forgotten where I was going with that. Oh, well, another thing that I discovered is she had two sons after me. Right. And I, I, I met the one that was closest to me. He was only 16 months younger than me. Okay. And we worked out that we would have been standing at the same bus stop every morning wow. for two years when we were at high school. No way. So I guess just to roll it back a touch, when yeah. you found out that you had a half-brother that was pretty close to your age, 16 months yeah. was pretty close, Yeah. how yeah. did that make you feel? Uh, a bit weirded out, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt... Um, it's hard to put into words, I suppose, how I felt. I just felt vulnerable and I felt like there was this whole backstory of mine Mm -hmm. that I had no understanding of or no, no, you know, it it was happening to me, but there wasn't anything I could do about it sort of thing. Um, We also, I also realised that I knew so many mutual people that knew my maternal family, yeah, my right. biological, but we never, I never ever knew them. I never met them. Okay. Um, which was probably a good thing. Mm. But, um, you know, through this reunion, because I think, I think it was 1986 when I met her. So this was all very new. This, you know, yeah. this reuniting. Um, adopted children with their biological parent. Yep. And um, look, it didn't get off to a good start. As soon as the social worker left the room, okay. My biological mother said to me, "It ruined my life having you." Oh dear. And I thought, you know, I mean, at twenty-two, with not a lot of um, maturity, emotional maturity. Yeah. Yep. I was I was just kind of dumbstruck. But I remember sitting in this room thinking, oh, we're not off to a good start here. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so look, we bumbled along for a few years. Um, did did I, she I, elaborate on on that and tell like how that affected her? How what affected her? That she said that it was it ruined her life um yeah yeah did she say why or, or what happened um well not really i think i was so sort of taken back with that statement i mean yeah. what do you, what do you do with that sort of statement what do, do i say oh i'm sorry yeah. yeah um i do remember thinking sometime later well it wasn't me under the metabank bridge bonking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, I mean, how can, honestly, how can I take any kind of responsibility for that? But as I've gotten older, I do understand that this woman would have been so traumatised through that horrible experience of being in the, you know, the unmarried mother and baby home, being harassed and harangued by the various nuns. Yeah. It would have been nine months of hell. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I don't know if it was nine months, but, you know, some months of, yeah. of not a very pleasant experience. So I could kind of forgive her in one way. Yeah. Um, she was, you know, there would have been no counselling for these young women. There would have been nothing. Yeah. You know, that. And, and as, you know, the stigma attached to an unmarried mother back yep. in the 1960s, it would have been horrendous. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, but look, we, we tried to do a few sort of family things. I met my grandparents. I met yep. all her brothers and sisters. But I just remember seeing all these people and just, feeling nothing. I, I didn't yeah. feel any kind of affinity with them. Yep. I didn't. Um, like some of her, her younger sisters couldn't wait to tell me that, oh, they couldn't stand her. She was such a pain in the neck and rah, rah, rah. And all the time I'm thinking, 
why am I getting all this negative kind of vibe about, yeah. I mean, what am I supposed to do with any of this? It was, yeah, so look, the, she she made the fatal mistake of ringing my adoptive parents. Oh, really? She She just looked their phone number up in the phone book and then I get a call from my dad saying so-and-so has called. Um, she wants to come to your wedding. Really? <laughs> oh, goodness. I just, I, she invited I just, herself. Again, yeah. yeah, look, I was just really put in the middle of all these people with differing views and mum and dad were really upset about it. Yep. And, um, and there were a few other things that sort of happened and in the end I said to her, oh that's right she um she gave me a she wanted to give me an opal ring that was her mother's okay. and when she gave when she wanted to give me this ring she said I know opals are your birthstone and they've always bought me bad luck really jeez <laughs> and, and again I thought what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. And I just said to her at that point, I said, you know what? You can keep your opal ring. I'm I'm bowing out of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, at this stage, she didn't come to the wedding, but yeah. um, at this stage, you know, I was newly married, so I had in-laws and outlaws mm-hmm. and adoptive parents and how many families does a person need, mm. you know? Yeah. So I pretty much pulled the pin on our relationship after that. Yep. Um, I did have a fair bit to do with my half-brother for okay. some years. Yep. But even that, it, it just, I don't know, it just, it wasn't this sort of easygoing um, relationship. It 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 was just a struggle all the way along. So yeah, okay. So all I really wanted to know when I met her was who my father was. Yep. She did tell me. Okay. Um. So after I stopped having any contact with her or the rest of the family, I then kind of set my sights on well, you know, that's half the puzzle. I would like to find who my biological father is. And anyway, as these sort of strange things happened, I saw, because he had his business name on the side of his car. Right. And and I saw it three times in a row and I thought, oh, well, that's a message from the universe. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, this is a bit cringe as well, but the last time I saw him, I flagged him down. Really? Yeah, on the side of the road. And uh, by that stage, I actually had two children. Okay. And um, I just went up to the car and he rolled the window down and I said, um, is your name blah, blah, blah? And, and he said, yes. And I said, oh, did you know blah, blah, blah? And he just looked at me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I said, I'm product. Oh. And how, and, did he, how was his yeah, face he, after that? Oh, well, he was, he was sort of, he was shocked and started to make noises about, oh, oh, I don't know, you know, you can't believe everything. And I said, now listen, (laughs) so-and-so, I happen to know that there was a series of events and I relayed these series of events and he just sort of looked at me like, okay, well, I'm busted now. And I said, look. I don't. I don't want anything from you. I just thought you'd like to know yep. that you have a grown daughter. Um, I'm running my own business. I'm married with two children. Um, you know, everything's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he um, he did he did ask for my phone number. Okay. And he said I, I I'll keep in contact. I never heard anything from him. Yeah. Um. So That's I just kind of left it, but yeah. then. You know, it's funny how you meet people along the way. And I've never made any sort of secret 
of the fact that I'm an adoptee. I yep. sort of tell everyone, hey, hey, my name's Lisa and guess what? I'm adopted. You know, it's <laughs> yep. just, it's it's kind of, it's something that belongs to me. It's my story. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, um, so years down the track, I happened to meet this woman and we were just talking about being adopted and it, you know, talk about six degrees of separation, but yep. turns out that her mother-in-law is the next door neighbour of my maternal biological mother's family. Wow. And I said to her, do you know, no one was happy the day I was born. And she said, you know what? You're right. Wow. Her, yeah, her, so my grandmother apparently paraded my mother up and down the street to all the neighbours to tell them that she was in trouble. And no way. I mean, for God's sake, you know, talk about ramming, you know, a traumatic experience home. Yeah. But I just thought at that stage, I thought maybe I should stop telling people this <laughs> because it doesn't seem to bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. Anyway, and then I happened to have another friend, not at all related to this other woman, mm-hmm. and I was telling her the story and she said, oh, because I told her my biological father's name and she said, oh, <laughs> I grew up next door to them. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> so this this was all within like two suburbs away wow. from each other. Okay. So she told me a little bit about my my biological half brothers yep. on my father's side okay and then as i got older i because the name is quite unusual yep and um it turned out that my my half one of my half brothers on my father's side um was actually murdered yeah, right. Um, and then the older brother, who is only two years younger than me, yep. I found out my half-brother's email and yep. I sent him an email saying, okay. um, you know, this is who I am. I believe I'm your half-sister. Yep. Um, I just kind of wanted, I guess, a little bit more information about um, these brothers, I, I wanted to know how it, how it would work. We had a few emails. He was really keen to meet. I wanted to sort of take a bit more time and yep. just have a few more conversations. Of course. And then he kind of just made this statement in one of the emails and he said, well, look, I just need you to know that there was no great love affair between my father and your mother. It was just a one night stand. Yeah, right. And I thought, I thought, why? You know, yet another person. Yeah. That seems to want to put some kind of, I don't know, negative connotation. Yeah. So I ended up saying, listen, as far as I'm concerned, your father was just a sperm donor. Okay. So let's just leave it at that. And, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Um, and then it was only two weeks ago, out of the blue. Yeah, right. I I got a message on Ancestry from one of my first cousins on my maternal biological family side, wanting yep. to know because we'd come up as a match. You know, right. this, this, yeah, yeah. Because all this DNA has really changed everything. It really for, has. Yeah. For so many adoptees, yeah, mm. and um. She wanted to know because she said, I, I don't recognise your name. Well, of course she wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, where do you fit in? And I said, look, this is who I am. This is where I came from. But I have decided to step back from any further contact with typical family. I yeah. just, it's brought me a lot of angst and, and I look, I just want to leave it where it is, if that's okay. And uh, she did respond back, but I haven't read it because I thought, what's the point? You know, it's, yeah. it's too, it's too late. It's yeah. I, um, 
these reunions really interest me and yeah um you know because of the various facebook pages for adoptees that i'm on you know yep. I, of course i read a lot of people's stories and yeah. you know chat to people along the way and but it just seems to me that it's um it's opening Pandora's box for it, many people. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's a really tough kind of area and there's no hard and fast rules yeah. to, um, but, you know, some of these reunions seem to be successful, but, gee, a hell of a lot are not successful. Yeah. So when, I guess, just taking us back to the time when you met your biological mother, speaking yeah. of... The, I guess the big event. It's it really is the big event that happens. Absolutely. Was that because I guess the stereotypical meeting is you know the two people either meet in front of somebody's house or in a room and somebody walks into the room to to, to make that first contact. Yeah. And then there's a big emotional outburst. Yep. Was that yep. the case for you? Absolutely, yes. I was sitting in the – now, hang on. I've got to think about this. Um, no, no, she was in the room yep. and I was brought into the room by the um, social worker. Right. And she kind of just ran at me and yeah, grabbed right. me in this big hug. And I was, I was so taken back because – I hadn't kind of even seen her face yet, you know. She, yeah, right. She sort of saw me and she rushed at me and it, it was just this weird feeling. You know, I looked at her when she finally sort of let me go and she was crying and and I just thought, I don't feel anything. I thought yeah. I'd feel something, but I feel nothing. This yeah. person could be just anybody. Yeah. I think if I'd have looked like her, oh, that's right. The first thing when she sort of held me back and looked at me, she said, you look just like your father. Right. So I thought, okay, well, well, then that makes sense because I didn't look anything like her. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was sort of awkward and, um, yeah, I, I, I thought I would feel something some sort of magical connection yep but no no i felt nothing yeah. it was she could have been just any random woman yeah i understand cuz i look at a lot of the 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 reunion meetings and yeah they were i guess splattered throughout the news items of the day or when somebody meets and you, you see them on news stories or current affairs stories or, or yeah. even some documentaries that you that you see. Yeah. And it's this huge emotional um, outpouring. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel that either. So yeah, it's yeah. not like I, that for I, everyone. I, I look maybe maybe that does change if you look at someone and think, oh wow, I am just looking at a version of myself. Yeah. Maybe there would be that kind of connection, but for me, no, it was it was nothing. Yeah. It's um and and you know she yeah, from that first meeting she made so many negative yeah, sort of comments. It was um like she asked me how old my parents were okay. and see my parents were basically the same age as most of my friends' grandparents. Right. And she was really upset that I'd been adopted into a family with such old people, as she said, hmm. you know. And so it was yet, you know, yet another negative connotation yeah. kind of put it. And I thought, oh, this, this is awful. I don't know what to yeah. think about any of Not this. a real good basis or platform to build a not at all. relationship. Not on. at all. Yeah. No. And then... Um, you know, she she was ringing me at work nearly nice. every day, and I rang the social worker, um, yep. and I told her. And look, she just didn't want to know. She just said, "Oh well, you shouldn't have given her your work number." 
So there, because this was early days, you know, yeah. this was 1986. Yeah. There wouldn't have been a lot of um, casework around this. Yeah. It was, I think it was around the time when the veto was lifted. Okay. So was it before that or just at about that time? Um. Yeah, it would have been it would have been eighty six, and I I I can't remember exactly, but it did have something to do with the veto. Right. Or, oh no, hang on, hang on. What it was back in the day was you could put your name down on what was called a contact register. Yeah. But they wouldn't they wouldn't match you up until your biological parent had also put their name down. Right. Once there was. A, a match from both people that you know is obviously their free will. Yeah, they would. That that's when they rang me and said, "Okay, we've got your biological mother's um, information. Would you like to meet?" And I sort of got the impression that they were really keen to get this reunion. Maybe that you know it was well, it was obviously evidence, and yeah. you know it was something new. So yeah, yeah. I did feel a little bit pressured to, okay, let's get this reunion happening then. Yeah. There was one letter that I received that they'd obviously told my biology to write to me. Right. Sorry, you and just I broke up there a letter. bit. Was that your biological mother? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So I got this letter and I thought, oh, wow, she sounds really nice and, you know, but, the letter was nothing like what she yeah, was, right. you know. But but again, we are talking about someone with a lot of trauma. Yeah. And so, I mean, how can she possibly have been in any position to be anything else? But you know, all this pain, all these painful memories would have come up for her. Yeah. So. You know, no, not happy day reunion. No, with us. not at all. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back in time mm. somewhat to a more innocent part of your life mm. when you were a child. Mm. So whether it was five, six, ten, or twelve, but did you ever daydream about what would have, what life may have been like if you weren't adopted? Um. I don't know that I – I think because I always knew, it had always been my story. There was never sort of any fantasy about me being my adoptive parent's biological child because I always knew that I wasn't. Yeah. Not that they – you know, I mean, Mum actually explained it to me years later. Yeah. And she said, we were told by, I don't know what department it was back then, Department of Youth and Child Services or something like that. Yeah. They were taught, they were advised to tell the child right from the word get go. Yeah. So that there was never any um, secret or no. any surprise because you know how family members love to spill the beans down the track yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I think it wasn't until I was actually in my 30s when my marriage broke up that that seemed to be a catalyst for all this adoption business to come to the fore. Okay. So as a teenager and as a young child, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, it was just my story. Yes, I was adopted, but they were my mum and dad. And, yeah, yeah. you know, that's the way it, it sort of worked. Yeah, yeah. It was it. Yeah, it was when um, it was after a big crisis that all this adoption stuff started to sort of really do my mental health in big time. Yeah, and it yeah, um, yeah it has a effect that we can't control. It's a bit like a slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Look, it is. It's um, I look. I remember saying to Mum, "I wish you'd never told me." You know, it, it's it's causing me so much sort of angst and upset and, and trauma and I wish I'd never known. Yeah. But now as I've sort of, I've been actually been having counselling with the, with Park, okay. in, which is in New South Wales. Yep. So 
this is specific adoptee counselling. Right. And I've found it invaluable. Even um, um, some of the books I've read, like Nancy Verrier's, you've probably heard of this, The Primal yeah. Wound. It's, yeah. you know, it's basically an adoptee's Bible. Yeah. Um, and I found that really cathartic to okay. read about it because then I realised that everything that I've felt my whole life, this feeling of being disconnected and not connected to anybody. I mean, you know, as much as I loved my mum and dad, we we were such different people, Yeah, you know. I mean, they were very conservative, very middle class. Um, and, you know, at the age of 17, I left home and became a punk. Okay. And, uh, you know. spiky like, hair he, or? Oh, the whole bit, the mohawk, the dog nice. collar, the yep. studded belts, the Doc Martens, yeah, the whole bit. <laughs> um, but I also realised that that is, it's really typical of adoptees to sort of take on personas, you know, it's it's building a little bit of a uh, a wall around yourself. Yep. Yeah, so, so you know. I, I was just so radically different to mum and dad, and they had a biological son themselves, my older brother. Yep. And, you know, yeah, look, there was just nothing. I'm just nothing like them. Well, how could I be? I'm not genetically um, related to them, you know? Yeah. Um, however, and that's true, there is the nurture part of the nature conversation where the morals and ethics that you're taught or even how to act socially or, or in certain situations you yeah. learn by being taught. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of influence by our adoptive parents. For um, sure. Yeah, yeah, look, absolutely, but... You know, while they were trying to sort of, um, like, even politically, mm. even as a child, I can remember um, my parents going on and on about the Labor Party. Yep. And I can remember, because my dad worked at the ABC, so okay. our, our television was basically soldered on to the ABC. So, <laughs> okay. of course, you know, we watched a lot of news and current affairs. Yeah. And I can remember watching Gough Whitlam and thinking, I reckon he's a really good guy. And mum and dad are like, oh, Labor Party, they just spend all the money and <laughs> rah, 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 and, you know. So even as a child, as a small child, yep. I think I recognised that I was intrinsically different to these people. Yeah. Everything, my belief system, everything was so opposed to how, what they believed, what, I mean, look, they tried really hard to, yeah. you know, to make me this, I suppose, their version of what their daughter should be. And I, no, not Lisa, no. Yeah. I'm going to make my own way. Um, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to believe what I believe and I'm not going to really listen to what you've got to say because I don't believe in it. Yeah, fair enough too. Because that's yeah. who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, unfortunately, I lost mum and dad and my brother all died within 20 months of each oh, other. So now I find myself in this strange position of I've kind of got no one. Yeah. Well, yeah, so you're starting uh, another branch of your family tree with you at the top. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I actually have always felt. Once I had my children, um, I've always just felt it's just the three of us. Yeah. That's it. Um, unfortunately, they're ones in ones into the other ones up in the country, you know, five hours away. So, right. you know, that's that's a bit sort of sad that I don't, 
have any sort of family around anymore. But no, it's just it's just me and my dogs now, pretty nice. much. And they'll look after you. They will. They do. Yes. But um, yeah. Look, this this whole adoption business is very strange, very unsettling. Yeah. Even when you've known your whole life, it's the it can come back to sort of haunt you. Yeah. In your later years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It it every every story is unique, but at the same time. There's a real common thread through oh, us absolutely. All. Yes, it's, there's common themes. There is yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, because of our ages, there is a lot of adoptees around, you know, that were yeah. born in the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. or right up to the 80s. But I knew like, so many of my friends over the years have also been adoptees. Yeah. But one thing I did notice, whenever I'd talk to the boys about it, yep. that they were they were either, I don't want to meet her, she gave me up, I don't want anything to do with her. Uh-huh. That, that seemed to be how a lot of the boys that I knew that were adopted felt about. Now, of course, this is when we were all in our 20s and, yeah. you know. Yeah. So maybe that changes as... The guys got older, but yeah, I can remember the boys. They didn't want to know anything about it. No, leave it alone. You know, it is what it is. I don't care, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't want to know. Funny you should say that because almost all of my guests are female. Yeah, and I don't go searching for any particular uh, guest, whether they're male, female, or yeah. adopted, or a birth mother, or a birth father, <clears throat> I've really only targeted two. Um, yep. Last week's guest was my dad. Um, yeah, And yep. he gave us his perspective on on things. And um, the other yeah, one nice. was mum for Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, lovely. So I targeted them, but everybody else has been very organic in, in how we've uh, met up and, and chatted yep. and, and done that. And... Yeah, it's 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 very interesting. I'd like to explore a few more of the men's um, perspectives because yeah, do you, I'm actually seeing more on Facebook. I've got to say, yeah. in the last couple of weeks, there seems to be more guys. Yeah, which you know, twelve months ago, I don't I don't remember seeing any guys. Yeah, right. Talking about it, but. You know, maybe things are turning a little bit. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe, you know, it only takes usually one person to roll. Yeah. And then, you know, other people might see it and think, okay, well, I, yeah, I want to talk about my story yeah. now. Well, maybe, I, um, maybe the bravado and manly facade is starting to break down in our old age. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, um, yeah, look, it is a, it's a really, um, oh, sort of gut-wrenching, um, confronting. There, there are a lot of issues that are a part of this that I think um, – confusing for adoptees to sort of get their heads around. Yeah. That's a really good, that's a, yeah, good point because it's, well, we are the result of other people's decisions. Yes. Yeah. And and it's not and just our story, but it's our life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I've, I've read some just gut wrenching stories on, you know, some of those Facebook pages mm. and it's, you just want to reach out to people and, yeah. you know, sort of give them a hug and say, look, you know, I'm sorry this has been so awful to you. Yeah. Somewhere along the line you have got to find your place in this world, I yep. suppose, yep. and be at peace with 
with your beginnings, you know, no matter what's attached to that. Yeah. We have to find peace with within ourselves and, you know, well, that, that was our beginning, but we've also had whole lives, you yeah. know, to to make our own story kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as long as we don't let it define us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part for me. I, I I'm I'm adopted. Yeah. That's not who I am. That doesn't yeah. define me. I've Yeah. You know, got got through this life without relying on that. And I've never yeah. relied on that. Not that you can, but it, I'm not leaning on it either. Yeah, yeah. As an excuse. Yeah. So Yeah, but it it is sort of disconcerting, isn't it? Just yeah. kind especially if you're a parent yourself and you've yeah. you've had these children and you sort of I can remember looking at my children when they were babies and just thinking, Oh my god, what 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 that must have been like yeah. to just give away this child. I mean Yeah. Oh, I, I was reading. I was reading a story where I was actually looking up famous people who were adopted, and yeah. there was one particular adopted person who had then in turn adopted a child of their own. Okay, and I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yep. And then I got to thinking, I wonder if there's anybody who's an adopted person that's put their baby up for adoption. Oh, yeah, now that would be worthwhile researching, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think there'd be many. I don't think there would either, I would imagine. Well, you know, it's funny that you say this because I actually am thinking of going back to university and doing a Masters of Research around the reunion process. Yeah. Not quite sure yet about... What's what the specific research questions are going to be? Yeah, yep. But I do think this is an area that we need a lot more research yeah, in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So if anybody does have any interesting stories that we haven't covered, please hit us up. Yes, absolutely. Because absolutely, it's it's not just an interesting story to tell individually, mm. and. What we've found, like we've discussed that we've read other people's stories and hearing other people's stories helps people understand their place in the world and that's why I'm following on and and, and doing these weekly because yeah, your story tonight has idea yeah cheers but your your story this is your story and you're owning it and it's, you can't do anything else but own it and yeah. thank you for telling it but there are going to be a lot of people who are listening today or tonight or whenever they listen to it mm. that will get some piece of their own yes. story yep. and yep. and better understanding of where they fit in the world yep. because you've told your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't – these people at Park in New South Wales, and I know there are – I know Relationships Australia also do a fair bit of um, – counselling with adoptees in other states where they don't have specific adoptee counselling services. Yep. But it has absolutely been a game changer for me. Cool. Um, I've also undertaken to do EMDR. Do you know what that is? I don't. Have you heard of that? It's called Eye Movement EMDR. Desensitization and reprocessing. I have. I think, yes, I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. So it basically works on traumatic memories right. that you yep. have. Yep. And I can't tell you how amazing this therapy is. Yeah, right. It, it absolutely works. Right. Very cool. You know, any adoptee out there that is struggling with their identity or whatever it is around being adopted, I would really suggest that that they look into this EMDR. It is incredible, amazing. Cool. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, and there's so many people that would benefit from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when you when you read about the adoptee or the, the baby's, the infant brain and what happens yeah. once that separation takes place, it that that is de- developmental trauma. Mm. And that will have some effect on every single child that that's happened to. It can't so, it's it's um it it goes to the very nature of our being. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one thing that you can rely on in your firstborn is your mother. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I was six weeks old when I was adopted. So for six right. weeks, what was happening to to me and all those other babies? Yeah. You know, you you would have been your basic needs would have been looked after, you would have been changed, you would have been bathed, you would have been fed. Yeah. That's about it. So I'm thinking that that's not a real good starting block to no. start your life on. You no. know, it's, yeah, it's um, it's really tough. But, look, I just think every adoptee needs to know that there is help available. Yep. And, you know, as time goes on, this is becoming a topic of conversation and there are things available that can assist people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the more we seek it, the more we can get that help. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So with all of that being said, you, what advice would you have for somebody listening to this show today? Um, oh, look, I, I think if, if any adoptee is experiencing any sort of traumatic memories or having difficulties with relationships, um, just anything that they think might be attributed mm-hmm. to being an adoptee, go seek assistance because there is help out there. I, I think that's the, the best thing that I could say to anybody. Um, yeah, try and, I mean, this is the fabulous thing about social media, isn't it? We've it got really is. all these sort of things at our fingertips. Yeah. We can be so connected with other people yep. um, through our stories, through our life experience, whatever. But, there, there is help out there for yeah. anyone experiencing any kind of distress or anything around being an adoptee. And I, right. I, I, yeah, I would say seek help. Cool. And yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And I think with that as well, the options available for help, uh, you're able to do that from within your own comfort zone as well. Absolutely. So- Absolutely. Yep. There's, there's nothing pressing, you know. The fact that you sort of were, were asking for people to tell their story, well, then that's people have got power with yeah, that, haven't they? That's really you do. Know, you could, yeah, you put your hand up and say, yeah, I want to tell my story. Yeah. I think my story is valid. I'm, I'm, it, it may assist somebody else. And I think that's a fabulous thing. Yeah. And even if it's a case where, you feel like you're telling your story just to get the weight off your chest. Yeah. That's a valid reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it's lovely to be able to talk yeah. to other people. And that's what I've found really helpful the last couple of years is, you know, Facebook, for goodness sake. Yeah. It, it's just it, it really did open up this whole other world of understanding. And I didn't sort of feel like an island unto myself. You know, there yeah. are other people out there that are experiencing exactly the same things that I've been feeling sort of most of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, the more power to you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, you know, my story sort of has a happy ending, I guess. I am looking forward to the next chapter of my life. Um, Yep. And, 
you know, I'm very glad that I, I got this counselling through Park. It's just been fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, thanks very much for uh, giving us your time and, and your story tonight, Lisa. Um, no worries. Thanks, Mick. No worries. And, yes, yeah, so until uh, we speak again, all the very best. And, yes, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Okay. Bye. And that was Lisa with her adoption story. And if you need help, Park and other resources are there to assist. And there's plenty of Facebook pages where you can ask an open question and the people on those pages generally are very supportive and will help you no ends. And so I would like to uh, thank you all again for listening to the Adoption Chronicles. Um, The community that uh, we are is strong and vibrant and very supportive of each other. So let's reach out and get around each other and help make each other have a nice happy ending just like Lisa. Yes, well said. Cheers. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.